0: thank you for the invitation to come, and the welcome, and uh, it's a privilege to speak on this particular passage. The fourth Sunday of Advent, we've got our four candles lit, and I uh, resist the joke to talk about four candles and four candles, but um, Christmas is a time of surprises, full of surprises, hopefully on the 25th you'll open one surprise after another. Some good ones, some bad ones, some boring ones, some exciting ones, and uh, some happy memories, some sad memories. It's like that in life too, and it seems like this, this year has been one surprise after another with COVID and other things which have threatened us. And even yesterday was a surprise broadcast from our Prime Minister, and uh, people are badly affected by what was, came out of that, that broadcast. Another surprise. And in this fourth Sunday of Advent, traditionally we look at the story of Mary, and specifically in today's reading, the visit of the angel Gabriel to to Mary. And we don't really know if she under, fully understood what was being spoken to her, but we do know that uh, she would have uh, understood the trauma that may have laid ahead for her, the trauma of maybe the end of her relationship with Joseph, the threat uh, or the ac- accusation of her being unfaithful, even the accusation of uh, being in an adulterous relationship so that she would conceive and therefore uh, it could be life threatening for her but she would have been stoned to death. So this wasn't to be taken lightly, this surprise uh, by Mary. And so perhaps the greatest surprise of all in this story is Mary's response to say yes to God, trusting that this was God's Word, effectively saying in the very last verse that Dozy read to us, bring it on, may it be as you have said. So I, as I read this passage again, a very familiar passage, I picked up on four surprises that sort of flowed out of it, and um, I'm going to share them with you. The first surprise, obviously, is the visitation of an angel. Uh, The second surprise is that she, as a, a virgin, would conceive. The fourth, uh, third surprise uh, is that uh, the message and the detail and the name of the person who she would carry. And as I've said at the start, the fourth surprise is Mary's response. Four surprises. So let's look at the first. Mary's first surprise, the greeting... The angel said to her, "'Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you.'" Think of the fear that must have gripped Mary. Perhaps this surprise is the greatest. Was she startled? Was this like Michael McIntyre arriving in your bedroom at midnight and uh, with a camera crew and asking you a, a load of daft questions? If you get a chance to see the Youth for Christ uh, Christmas special on YouTube at this time, then I suggest you go there, the Isle of White Youth for Christ. Uh, they did a midnight uh, invasion on youth worker, sway youth worker, Andy Dornings, and about 40 minutes into the, broad, into the uh, Isle of White Youth for Christ uh, Christmas special, you will get uh, a bit of a chuckle if you if you look at that. But was that what was going on here with Mary? Was she startled? Was this the first surprise? Well, I think there's a clue in verse 29, and it doesn't seem to be that Mary was startled. Hear it again. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary is troubled by what she hears, not by what she sees. The words, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. It seems that when Mary got this instruction, I want you to bear my son. I want you as you are. Mary betrothed, young girl, I want you to bear my son, the Savior of the world. It seems that what came to the fore in her surprise reaction was her humility. Who, me? Why me? Mary's reaction was one of, I am not worthy for this type of acclaim, to be exalted as so, saying, you are highly favored, you are blessed. It seems this first surprise is that Mary wasn't startled. She was humbled. From this surprise, we can learn that God looks for ordinary people like you and I. God chooses people like us who maybe feel less significant. When maybe there are people more gifted for the task, he will choose those who will not seek the glory for themselves but are happy to give the glory to God. And that's encouraging for each of us here this morning, that God will choose the likes of us to do his will. Perhaps those of you, uh, or someone here has been called to a new way of serving, and this is an encouragement for you that he is encouraging you to go for it. That was the first surprise. The second surprise was the detail that the Virgin, as a Virgin Mary, would conceive. Verse 31, "'You will conceive in your womb and bear a son.'" And then Mary asked the obvious question, how will this be since I am a virgin? And Gabriel assured her it would be the work of the Holy Spirit. This would not be a conception through a husband or through a human. This would be uh, a miraculous conception. The Holy Spirit would impregnate Mary, plant the seed, this child would be fully human of Mary, but fully divine, the Son of God. And I want to labor the point here that this son, Jesus, was not Joseph's son. I labor the point because there is a liberal reading uh, of the Scriptures these days, almost attack an attack on the traditional reading of scriptures. They call it a progressive reading. But for me, Christianity without the virgin birth is a bit like a Christmas tree without the trimmings. A Christmas tree without the trimmings is not a Christmas tree. It's a tree. And so Christianity without the virgin birth, it's a pillar Of what we believe. Christianity without the virgin birth is just another religion with just another good man as its founder. That can never be in our faith, in our Christianity. And if you're inclined to be skeptical about this one issue, let me remind you who the writer of this gospel is, Luke, the writer of this gospel, was a doctor, a physician. He was a historian. He says right at the start, he is writing an orderly account. He will have interviewed Mary. He will have got his facts right, and he believes he is writing a factual account. Miracles can be factual if they're proved and researched. I believe this is an orderly account. Luke records the detail because it is the truth. This was a virgin birth. And Luke goes on to say in his second book, there is no other name under heaven by which we might be saved. And that is this Jesus. So that's the second surprise. The third surprise is Mary Mary received details of the attributes of this child, even the name. Let me read it again to you. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Verse 33, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Verse 35 The Holy One will be called the Son of God. And sticking just to these few verses, I want to share the detail of this person who we know is the Messiah, the Christ. His name is Jesus, meaning Savior. We learn he is fully human, of Mary, we learn he is fully divine. Son of God. We learn he is fully pure, verse 35, the Holy One. We learn he is fully royal, verse 32. God will give him the throne of David. He is, as we know, the King of Kings. He is fully eternal, verse 33. His kingdom will never end. He will be great, verse 32. We're used to calling people the great. In our own history, Alfred the Great. Constantine was known as the great. um, Alexandra was known as the great, and many others known as the great. Jesus Christ is the greatest the world has ever and will ever seen. Let your heart overflow this morning with joy and rejoice as Mary's did Mary wrote a song about this very thing. Verse 46, we see it. Overflow with joy as we worship this morning. Sing your hearts out if you're in your living room at home. Because this is someone that we should enthrone and worship. Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you as King. Standing in the midst of us, we proclaim you. That's the third surprise, the attributes of this boy child. And lastly, as I said, perhaps knowing the trauma and the terror that could await her, the greatest surprise would be Mary's response. May it happen, as you have said She replied, I am the Lord's servant. Mary's response wasn't one of understanding. She wasn't saying, oh, I can see clearly now. It makes sense. Yeah, let's do it. It wasn't that kind of response. It was an obedient, childlike response, saying, Lord, may it be to me as you have said. I am your servant, use me as you wish. Martin Luther said there are three wonders in this story. One, that God should become a man. Two, that a virgin should bear a child. And the third, that Mary believed. And he said that that is the greatest of the three, that Mary believed. Friends, let nothing keep you from believing in that childlike faith the way that Mary believed. A childlike belief that he can be and will want to be and calls you to be your personal Savior and Lord and friend. What can I give him, poor as I am, we sing in one of our carols, don't we? If I were a shepherd, I'd give a lamb. It's a humble carol. It's a carol that gives a humble response. If I were a wise man, I'd do my part, but what I can, I'll give him. I'll give him my heart. You can echo that this morning as you, we sing that, I think, as one of our final hymns. But this was the first surprise Christmas gift that we read about today. Mary's boy child, or the annunciation, the announcement of it. Take time this Christmas to appreciate the gift that God has given you, has given us, has given our country and our world. His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Will you respond by saying yes in a simple childlike faith way, saying to the Lord, do with me as you wish. I am your servant. I hope so. Amen. Lord, as we come into a time of worship, I pray that you would help us to release our inhibitions and worship you. because you are worthy of our praise. Amen.